we're in a new series, and it's called The Love in the Law. The Love in the Law. Let me ask you, how many has actually kept up with the Bible reading plan this week? Okay, I got a couple of sporadic hands kicking up all over the place. How is Leviticus for you this week? Are you struggling? It's a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> I understand that one. I'll tell you what right now. Most Christians, when they read the Bible, Leviticus and Numbers are usually the one set of books that they stumble through because they're like, why would God have this in here? Why does this not make sense? Why does it do this? Why does it matter that, that when I give a sacrifice, the priest is supposed to put its blood on my big toe? Better yet, why does he have to put it on my earlobe? Let me tell you, I ask questions all the time like, why, God? What is this about? Why is this going on? And, and, and I kind of just want to go through a couple weeks of just looking at the impact of the law that God gave Moses to tell all of Israel. And we're going to hit up Leviticus. And surprisingly enough, the, the scripture that God gave me is actually part of your reading plan this week. So I'm going to give you a little heads up if you haven't already read your Bible plan this today. Um, so if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Leviticus chapter 13. We'll have it up on the screen. I'm sure Yetta's going to be like ready to go for it because she likes to chase me like a rabbit hole going down there. Everybody look back at Sister Yetta and tell her thank you for helping out back there. I know she hates it when I do that. And if you haven't already online, if you haven't, just go through the scriptures along with us. And it says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when anyone has a swollen or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin, that may be a defiling skin disease. They must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. And the priest is to examine the sore on the skin. Make me a house. Make me a wow. There's a little corner button that says music. Wow, Lord, make me a house. Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> but anyway, it says, The priest is to examine the sore on the skin, and if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep, it is a defiling skin disease. And when the priest examines that person, he shall pronounce them ceremonial unclean. Let me tell you, if anybody ever tells me I'm unclean, you know what the first thing I do? Today's time, I think a shower. I don't want to be that stinky kid. Can I get an amen? amen. So, but anyway, the ceremonial and clean. And if the shiny spot on the skin is white and does not appear to be more than skin deep, and the hair in it has tur not turned white, thou priest shall isolate the affected person for seven days. And on the seventh day, the priest is to examine them. And, and, and if he sees that the sore is unchanged and it has not spread on the skin, he is to isolate him for another seven days. So for two weeks, he gets isolated. And on the seventh day, the priest is to examine it again. And if the sore has faded and not spread in the skin, the priest shall uh, pronounce him clean. And it is only a rash. And they must wash their clothes and they will be clean. But if the rash does spread in the skin, after that they have shown themselves to the priest, he's uh, or to be uh, pronounced clean. But they must appear before the priest again. 
and the priest is to examine that person, and if the rash has spread in the skin, he shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling skin disease, and if anyone, or when anyone has a skin defiling, or skin defiling, or let me just say this, when anyone has a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to the priest, and the priest is to examine them. And if there is a white uh, swelling in the skin that has turned their hair white, and if there is a raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic skin disease, and the priest shall pronounce them unclean, and it is not to isolate them for, because they are already unclean. Lord, there's a lot in there to unpack there's a lot of confusion, Lord, that when we read through this, that it doesn't make sense. But Lord, use this time, Lord. Let us just have our ears attend, attuned to your word, Lord, and allow it to be something that allows us to understand that you love us. Because God, we trust you in all that we are and all that we have. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, who's confused? Who's confused? I'll be honest with you, when I get through the book of Leviticus and Numbers, it's one of those ones that I wish I could just glance over and never have to read it again. Because I'm often asking the questions, like I said, why God, why does this make sense? Why are you so concerned with the little things like this? Why are you concerned if I have a skin rash and make me have to go and look at the priest and, and there's a chance that if he looks at me just wrong, I'm stuck in COVID gel, as we know it nowadays, for two weeks. Let me tell you, when COVID first started in 19, or yeah, 2019, December, then January hit, and my neighbor came to my house and pet my dog, and then I find out from the, the neighbor, she says, oh, I'm the first one in all of South Carolina in this area that has COVID. And, and you need to call the, the, the disease for, uh, or Center for Disease Control, and they're going to tell you what you have to do. And they're like, oh, you're stuck in COVID gel for two weeks. So I called my boss at the time, and I said, hey, you're not going to like this, but this is what happened. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm just the luckiest unman, unluckiest man in the world. And, and through that whole aspect. But you see, we relate that to COVID so much today. But when we look at the scripture, we have to ask ourselves, why is it that God cares so much about little things? Why is it that God says that you have to do this just right or you have to do this right over here? And if you do this wrong over here, then you, you're automatically ostracized for whatever reason. And, and we look at it in the lens that we like to put on ourselves. God, I don't have no rash. I'm good. I'm clean. I'm not going to no priest. I don't want to get stuck in isolation for two weeks where I don't get to spend time with my wife, where I have to live outside of my household. i got to be exposed to the elements for this or that. God, why does this matter? And one of the things that the Lord kept bringing to my heart is because the whole aspect of this whole chapter is looking at the concern for leprosy. Leprosy is not a fun disease to get a hold of. In fact... There is an island in the Pacific chain around Hawaii 
that still has a leprosy community where people got sent to to live there in exile for all of their life. You see, leprosy is something real. We know some more about it now. We know that it's a bacterial uh, d disease that gets spread through different things. We know that it has, a, 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 we can heal it now with medicines that we have. But back then there was a real deep concern about this disease because of its ability to spread about its ability to interact and affect the community around us, like COVID. We can look back at COVID and we can say COVID had a detrimental effect on this whole entire world. Lord knows we all had our mask on. We had our, 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 our idea of how to protect ourselves. We went through so much Lysol. We, you couldn't even buy it in the store because we were so fearful. We had our endless abundance of hand sanitizer, which we still have in the church. If you want some, let me know. I really want to get rid of it. But we had our concerns about it. Just like in the 1800s, they still had their concerns over leprosy. That's why there's an island called Kalapaupa. If I can ever say that again again, we'll see. But it's like I said, a remote island in the Hawaiian chains of Molokai, uh, where thousands of people died throughout the years of its existence. But in 2020, or 20, uh, 2008, if I could really read and preach, that would be awesome. Lord, help me. The settlement of the population of this whole entire island that was thousands of people went down to 24 people. And then by 2015, there's only six people remaining. They're all healed. But they've lived their life in exile. That's all they know. They live their life in exile. That's all they know. And I think it's so interesting that we had a community so worried about leprosy with the unknowns and all the different aspects or aspects of it and our world within the last 20 years, within the last 100 years, that it had a detrimental effect on everybody around us, that it would tear apart families, it would do all these different things. But yet when we look at the book, of Leviticus, and we start reading about the defiling skin diseases, we, 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 we're disconnected with it. We struggled to connect with why God would be so concerned about the little things like that. Why would God worry if I have a rash on my arm? Why would he worry if I had a boil popping up around my skin that I would all of a sudden have to go and, and see the priest? And it's because God cares about you. More than you'd realize. It might not always seem fair with the way he handles some of the things and he de de or delegates the way things should be done. But he cares about you. That's why there's love in the law. That's why when we look at the book of Leviticus, there's a lot of things that we say, oh, I will never let this affect me over here for this. That's why I will never let this thing over here take root of me. When we look at the book of Leviticus today, what we see is we see a command of God trying to say, I want to call you to do something different. When we understand the depth of it. You see, God's purpose is one of protection over our lives. God wants to protect every single one of us. 
And when we look at the book of Leviticus and we read it and we don't grasp it, if we look at the text and we read this and it says, And the Lord said to Moses, If a man has a skin disease and a body is swelling and a scab and a bright spot forms upon it, we read it and we're like, What? I don't understand or connect to it. But let me tell you, it's not just enough to read the word. You have to read the word. You have to get into the depth of it. You have to invite the author into it. You have to invite God to speak to you as you try to understand his heart and his intentions within it. Because what God is trying to say is, there are some issues in our life that might seem shallow, that might seem narrow, that might seem insignificant. But you don't realize the detriment of the little things. See, leprosy, when it would kick in, did a lot of damage in the body. Fingers would start dying off. Toes would start dying off. You'd start losing the ability to feel fingers and all these different things. You'd quit having the nerve sensations of touch. And it always seems so different because you're like, God, you're concerned about this little bitty aspect of a rash. But you understand the ramifications if I let it persist. You see, God cares about the protection of you. And that's why when we look at Leviticus, as we're going to do for a couple of weeks, I don't know how long, it's still up to the Lord as I keep praying and digging into it. But we have to understand that when we read the word, he's trying to show us his love. He's trying to show us that, that, that our community around us might have rules and regulations and manners and fashions around us, but the importance of it that we have to really hold on to is the depth that God loves us is far greater than we'd ever understand. You see, today we can relate to these rules when we look at the COVID sickness because we experienced it. It's forefront in our minds. That's why I bring it up. It's almost like when the flu in the early 1900s hit. Everybody was worried about the flu. Nowadays, we're worried about these stomach bugs and everything else that's coming around because of all of the virus that are hitting us every which way. But what God is trying to show us is that our struggle in our lives is the pursuit of something greater. Last month, I talked about give. Give according to, to, to see God's purpose fall in your life. God's saying that there is greater for you, but that greater is in his purpose. And that's why he loves you. God didn't design this whole world experiment to expect you just to kind of magically just float through life. He didn't set it to be something so easy. He set it with a meticulous purpose. I have never met anybody that designed anything that didn't have a purpose or an intention to it. I cannot imagine an architect Designing a building without the understanding that the building's going to have to handle certain loads. It's going to have to be able to, to flex this way in the wind. And if it shakes on the ground, it's got to be able to hold up and keep its rigidity and not fall over. God's the same way within our lives and our, our, our plan that God has for our lives. And he's trying to show us this truth. He's worried about the little things because the little things will affect the long things and the deep things that were in our lives. 
You see, in Exodus 19, 2 through 6, it says, Then Israel encamped before the mountains, and when Moses went up, and the, the Lord called him out of the mountains, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt, and how I bore you on wings of eagles, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall, shall be my treasured possession among all the people. For all of the earth is mine, and you shall be my kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. Let me tell you, I love how God always connects dots. Because I can understand this key aspect. See, God is telling the people that he's going to, took them out of Egypt with a plan and purpose to change them from a people that were despised to a people that are treasured. He took them out of Egypt and set them apart from the rest of the world to be what he called a holy nation and a holy priesthood. If I remember right, and it's in Peter that, that God once again is calling us who are called by his son Jesus, that we were going to be called a holy nation, a peculiar people, a people set apart for his own purpose and his own goodness. And if God's worried and calling us in that same manner, we need to understand that there's a purpose and a connection. And that connection is holy. Holy. We all hear the word holy and we often have our ears perked up a little bit. Because we're like, oh, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. He's awesome. He's all around us. And I can always know that he's there. But I don't hardly often feel him sometimes. Unless I see somebody speak in tongues or do something crazy. Man, holy doesn't happen. Oh, we're called to be holy. Oh, that just means we're religious, right? You know, that time where, where we have to walk in this religious mode, and this is how it's got to be, and if we're not walking in that religious mode, we can't be holy. But then the Word says one key point. What can become holy? How does it become holy? And what you have to understand is the word holy means to be dedicated for a purpose. Something that has to be transformed from a standing thing and changed into something for a purpose. Holy means called. Holy means anointed. Holy means prepared. And what I'm trying to tell somebody today is that the book of Leviticus in chapter 13, he's looking at the outward, but he's trying to call you into another, nation, or another understanding that he's trying to make you holy. He can't have you walking around with junk upon you. He can't say, I'm going to call you to go over here and preach my gospel over here, but you're going to hold on to all your past stuff and think that that's going to drag you down. He's not trying to tell you, I want to call you to be holy so you can be obedient and be a difference in your family, not like your father was before you. You got to get rid of that junk upon you. You can't keep going back and saying, I'm defiled over here when I'm calling you to be holy and different and set apart. You got to understand what God is trying to say is it's the, 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 the little things that seem to always foul us up. And He's trying to expose it to us. See, whenever a skin disease would come up in the book of Leviticus and, and all of all Israel as they were being obedient to it. They'd go to the priest and it said the priest would look at it. And if it was something within question, 
he'd isolate it. In our terms, what we do is when we see an allergic reaction in medical fields, there's a lot of times we'll mark out a swelling to see if it expands beyond it to see if there's a, something going on deeper than the surface. Deeper than the surface. And that's what God is trying to tell us today. He's trying to show us that we're called to be holy, but we have to go and look at our lives in the examination of what he called us to be and ask, is there anything that's causing us to have a deeper struggle? A deeper struggle. Something in your life that is a detriment that you don't even realize is causing you so much issue. It could be a past trauma that you've been carrying around forever that's been causing you to fester up and whenever somebody pulls the right string, all of a sudden it comes out. It might even be something where you grew up, a, a family trait from a, a, a drunken father or mother or, or something like that that could come through your life that you didn't even realize was there. See, God's trying to ask you to really examine yourselves to see where the deeper struggle is. Growing up, I looked at my parents. And when I got to adulthood and I started thinking about having kids, I said, I don't want to be anything like my parents. I love my parents. When they watch this live stream, I'm sure they're going to go, what are you talking about, honey? And I'm going to say it right now. We're not perfect. We all have imperfections. And there's a lot of things in my parents that I don't ever want to say. I don't want to look at my kids and say the words, do as I say, not as I do. I want to walk authentically. I wanted God to expose the things that, that were holdovers from my parents that were coming into me and work upon the things that where I know I need to go to and ask God, what is it that you wanted me to set apart that you will take and remove from me? Because I don't want these things to grow in me. Because God is worried about the, the, the shallow stuff because he's asking the question. If it becomes to be appearing, if it looks deeper, then you've got to be ceremonial and clean. The ceremonial and clean. You see, the first thing that we have to realize is that things start shallow might not seem bad. But when they truly take root, that's the struggle we all encounter. It takes a little time and a little swirling around in our minds when we realize things will take root quicker than you can ever fathom. That's why it's very cautious why Christians are supposed to be a little bit different and walk a little bit in a different nature. You see, Matthew 15 and 19 says, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. It is those thoughts that are the little shallow things that take root in our lives. It's the little thoughts. It's the things that you carried over that you don't even realize you have. Trust me, there are times going down 224 that I still find these little natures coming through, these little thoughts that I have to deal with. And I have to ask God, wash it under the blood because I don't want this stuff anymore. 
There's things in your life that are going to be things that you realize are connecting from your past that God's trying to expose because what he wants to do is get rid of the little things before they ever keep taking root and start building upon and where you have to start chopping down bushes and trees of things that are so vile that will never ever produce good fruit, but it will always produce poisonous fruit. You see, Jesus taught this fact that, that, that out of the heart, the things that are taking root within your body that you let come in and set, settle in and start taking soil and nutrition out of you are the things that are causing so much detriment that you cannot be what God called, which is holy. Because what God is trying to say is it's time for us to let him do the miraculous work within us. It's time for him to start doing the obvious things that he wants to do and not let these things take root and affect us. It's time to let us look and watch and ask God to expose these things in our lives so that we are not going to get stuck on these, these little islands of, of woe is me or, or these islands of you're so righteous and that I can't come near you. Or, or get on these little, little, little schemes where we're just like I can't come to church anymore because I'm just this way. You see what uh, we have to really understand is that these things might seem little, but they affect us so mightily. And what God is saying is, is in the law that I tried to expose these little things before they ever fester into be big things. Because the spiritual battles are hard to fight when they are deep within us, but the evidence isn't fully Exposed. You see, I know of some young people. They started walking the good walk. They started pursuing after God. But they didn't let the wickedness come out of their lives. They were like, oh, I'm going to go over here and do these drugs over here. I'm going to go over here to do these parties over there. I'm going to do this and this and this. And what I saw them do go from fire for God to start seeing little flames burn out all over and start seeing them go down paths that they shouldn't have ever walked through because they were not concerned about the little things. It's like when I went up to God and I asked God, God, there's one thing that I know is going to be a detriment to me in my ministry that I know you called, and it's the fact that I smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. And I kept going, God, just remove this thing from me. I don't want it to be this, this, this bush that people will see and be evident of the, the wickedness that's still within me. Because I know you've called me to be holy. Something set apart for your particular purposes. And it was when God delivered me from it. And I said, you know what? I, I can't ever go back into that route again. I don't ever want to pick up a cigarette and fall back into those traps. Because I know that all it takes is one. That I can start getting the, uh, the craving within my body. And be a, a, a detriment to anything that God has ever called me. To make people really question the words that he's given me to speak. It's the same thing for every single one of us. Everybody that hears this message, it's the same thing. We have these little battles that are fighting within us, but sometimes the spiritual battles are hard to fight when they're so deep within us. Those are the battles that, that seem like they have the deepest scars as, as God's trying to show us every battle that needs to be beaten. You see, leprosy didn't affect you at the shallow level when you got leprosy. It started getting deeper within you. 
When people would get leprosy, it would start decaying the skin. It would start causing deformations. It would start causing nerves to fall off. It would even start causing the septum within the nose to start just losing its structure. And you'd go flat nose and having all these different struggles. The battle was waging within the body, but there was something even greater that needed to happen within them that they couldn't connect. And that's why I love how the Old Testament always connects to the New Testament. That's why I loved how the Old Testament always pointed to the truth of what God was trying to expose to the whole entire world through His love for us through the law. And that is every slippery road we walk down, every slippery walk that we hit always has an answer. And His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, the Son of the living God, the one that went to the cross and, and, and carried our sins on it and died on it for our punishment. But yet, He rose from the dead and He's got a, a live breath in Him. He's up at the right hand of the Father for us to provide our hope and our future. Because what He was saying was, even on the earthly ministry that He was walking on, nothing's impossible. This right here is the answer book to so many questions. But when we get in here and we start reading about the, the, the horrible like misunderstandings of what we don't grasp because we're not connecting with the culture within it, because we read the book but we don't really read the book. Can I get it say it again? We read the book, but we don't read the book. We don't read the teachings. We don't read the heart and the nature of who authored the book. We don't ask him to come in. We don't understand the depth that he's trying to get us to understand. He's not even trying to show us even farther what needs to be fixed within us. But if we don't read the book like we're supposed to read the book, we're going to miss so many highlights in it. It's a love story all the way from front to back. It's a love story where God is saying that there might be a detriment where I might have to separate you out for a time. But my son came on the earth to restore you. That's why those people that had leprosy that got kicked out to the wayside had to live separate, had to be always called and be told every time they came around saying, oh, they're unclean. They're unclean. You can't touch them. You can't be around them. They felt the rejection from everybody. That's why when Jesus was on his earthly ministry in Matthew chapter 8, we find that he, he found the lepers and they came up to him and they knelt before him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. You can restore my life. You can restore my place. You can restore my purpose if you will. I don't know who it is that needs to say it this morning, but somebody's asking that question. You've lived a life that's been damaged by, by some tragedies. You've, you've struggled with addictions. You've you got some hurts. You've got some words within you. And you keep coming to church and you keep asking, God, if you will, you can make me clean. You can restore my soul. And let me tell you, Jesus is telling somebody in the house today, he says, I will be clean. 
He's trying to tell somebody this morning that I will and be clean. Be right before me. Be what I call holy today. It's time for somebody to start getting up and getting a little bit more excited because of what God is doing within us. He loves you. He loves you. And He doesn't want to leave you in the muck. He doesn't want to leave you in the funk. He doesn't want to leave you smelling so ratchet. But He wants to make you clean to where you are restored. Not having to listen to the devil lie to you and telling you you're just worthless and you shouldn't even touch the seeds. Telling you that you shouldn't even touch the word because you'll never understand it. Telling you you should never even approach God. God's trying to tell somebody this morning it's time to walk in the new nature. It's time to walk in the new means. It's time to walk in the, the new anointing. It's time to start walking with the trust that whatever it does that God's trying to do, Jesus can help. Jesus can help. If you'll stand with me this morning. First Peter 1, 16 through 21 says, You shall be holy. For I am holy. And if I call you or call on him as the Father who judges impartially according to each one's deed, conduct yourself with fear through the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the fruitful ways inherited from your forefathers. You don't have to worry about the stuff that was before you. You got the promise that you were ransomed. You don't have to walk in the old. You can walk in the new because you were ransomed. Not with perishable things like silver or gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Like that of the lamb without blemish or spot. For he foreknew before the foundations of the world. He knew long before he ever put you in your mother's womb. He knew you long before you ever stepped foot in this building. He said he knew you before the formation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you who through him are believers in God who raised Raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Here's the key word. So that your faith and hope are in God. God wrote the law. The, the, the crazy stuff throughout all the book of Leviticus and through Numbers and Deuteronomy and all of them. Because he loves you. Because what he wants you to understand is that you are a wretched, unclean mess without him. That you got some issues, but it's through him you can be restored. And your hope and your faith will always be in him. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. This is you on the live stream. Just let us know. But I have to ask. Are you dealing with the wretchedness of the past that's been causing so much disdain in your life? So much struggle, so much infirmities that you don't even realize what's going on. And you need Jesus in your life. Just raise your hand. Anybody in the house of the Lord this morning? Anybody that hears my voice? See one hand. Let me tell you right now, is there anybody else? I don't know why I feel that. I see you. Let me tell you right now, 
your hope and your faith in him is what's going to restore you every single day. It's going to be what makes the difference within you. It's going to be what God has to expose within you still has the ability to be fixed because he's the one that's going to fix it. He didn't write it for no purpose. He wrote it because he wants you to be called holy. Set apart for his purpose. But what it takes is you to acknowledge that you're a mess and you need him. So if everybody will just repeat with me for those. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a mess. I got some issues. I'm unclean, God. But Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Because you died on that cross, Jesus. And you rose from the dead, Father. Oh, God. And you have the promise of hope because he lives and is seated at the right hand. So God, today, make me clean. Make me new. And make me a son or daughter today. Lord, we believe this in our hearts. And not just with the words, but are deep within our hearts. So have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name. Right now, let me tell you, the word says angels are clapping for those that are working towards that purpose. It's a journey that's going to keep going. There's going to be ups and downs, and, and, and God's going to expose some things within you. But if he exposes it, he does it in love. Because he wants to fix it within you. So I want to encourage somebody this morning. Every single one of you, I want to encourage you all. I know that it's going to be confusing as you go through the book of Leviticus, if you're with us. I know it's going to be difficult to get through this life sometimes. All the ups and downs, the sicknesses and everything we encounter. But what God is trying to tell us today is our faith and our hope have to be rooted in Him. Because He's the one that sent Jesus. He's the one that had called you unclean, but he's also the one that's going to fix you and make you clean. You just have to trust him a little deeper. You've got to hold on to him a little longer. You've got to quit listening to the doubt that keeps, the enemy keeps whispering in your ears. And you've got to let him be God. Let him be Lord of your life. Surrender fully to him in all of his ways. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. Acknowledge him. And the word says he will make straight your path. So, Father God, I thank you for the day. Lord, I wish I had an organ or something to get these people prepped up, God. But, God, I just ask that you just empower us, Lord, to hold on to you. Strengthen us, Lord, as we read through your law, Lord, as we read through your word, Lord, and as it could fix us, Lord, even confuses us, Lord, speak to us through it all, that we might understand the depth and the importance of what you're trying to expose in our hearts and our lives. But God, we give you the authority this week to fix any messes that we have. Have your way in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, I love every single one of you. I'm so thankful that you all showed up. I look forward to you telling somebody else to come to church next week. Seats full. Come on, people. Better yet, go and love your neighbor as yourself as you love God with everything you have. Go and be the church.